Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a new episode of the Shucks and Preds podcast. We were off last week tending to a family member, family matter in the great state of Washington. Um, but we're back to talk about week 17 uh, in the CFL season, week 16 that was, um, and the Toronto Argonauts ruining all the fun for everybody by sitting their players with five weeks to go. Um, before we get into that, always time to remind you to follow us on x.com at Shups and Preds, send listener feedback there, or to our Gmail account, shupsandpreds at gmail.com, where you're listening to us on a podcast app or service, go ahead and leave a five-star review and possibly write something nice about us. We would enjoy that very much. Say, hey guys, I don't like when you skip a week and don't tell us what's going on. Thanks for coming back for week 17. Something like that. If Matt, you are listening on Google Podcasts, okay. you may have heard that they are shuttering that service and wow. therefore your five-star reviews mean less than nothing. Move yourself over to a podcast app that's going to be around in a year, leave a five-star review, and then you can just rebuild your, your library over there. Just a heads up. That's sad. How's Stitcher? Is Stitcher still growing, going strong? You know what? I have tried them all, and I'm back on Apple Podcasts. It's just, it's just better. I, it's, it's better than all of them. Google had this weird thing where it wouldn't remember where I was in an episode, and that drove me nuts because most of the stuff I listen to is, is longer than a few minutes. But yeah, so I'm a get off of Google myself <laughs> because I hate Neil Young. So I was uh, I wasn't really a big fan of Spotify. I didn't want to pay for their you know premium service, but then I heard Neil Young didn't like them, so they get all my money now. <laughs> um, with that being said, before we talk about what's going to happen in Week 17, worth noting, uh, and we can. You know, go over this, say some things we think are important to talk about. Um, what happened in week 16? Uh, a pretty good slate of games, I would say, at least the Friday games. Uh, Sketch opened up uh, the, the week in Ottawa, ended up losing to the Red Blacks, score of 36 to 28. Uh, and then BC traveled to Edmonton and took down. Uh, the Elks on the road score of 37-29. Now, Matt, none of us predicted that the Ottawa Red Blacks would win on last Friday night. Uh, can you tell us the biggest reason why they did? They won because of the vaunted Saskatchewan defense's <laughs> general crumbling. I mean, this, this is general for, for as long as we've been following the CFL, Saskatchewan defense... No matter what the ills have always been pretty bankable. You respect uh, but they're <laughs> absolutely, but they're just getting run over in more ways than one. I mean, they're literally getting run over. Uh Devontae Williams leading the league with 136 yards. Um, he's been playing well, so that's less surprising that he's breaking out now. Um but yeah, I, I just think that Unfortunately, you know, fortunately in the CFL, like 28 points is, is able to win you most games. It should be at this point. You should it's, be able to not, win a game scoring 28. I think you should. Yes. Um, 
But if your defense is now just kind of lower tier in the NFL, there's nothing there's nothing for you. I can do nothing for you, son. So I think that's the the main reason. I think that's why they're going to struggle. If I mean it, it's I don't see them slipping behind Calgary and Edmonton. Uh we've got you know Edmonton's got a really tough game. Um I think it's they've got a bye, but they're the uh, Sketch is coming right up against BC with a lot to play for. Um you know, and, and Edmonton, that's a lot for them to overcome. So I think Sketch is, is going to make the playoffs, but uh, it's going to be a difficult, difficult road. They're going to have to change a lot of things. I mean, the nice thing is that Mr. Uh, Dolagala has turned in a fair, uh, fair number of respectable performances, nothing crazy. Um, so... 28 points, like we said, is is good. Uh, but this defense needs to step it up, especially if they're going to try and win a game at BC with BC capable of scoring 40-plus points. Yes, I agree. I think um, one thing I want to say, which you hinted at, um, gave him a shout, but I would like to expand on this, is that, yes, Devontae Williams has had an absolute renaissance. The man did not break 60 rushing yards in a game until week 11. And since then, week 11, he's gone 64, 84, 146, 66, 136. Uh, He's averaged over six yards per rush uh, in four of those games, which is pretty impressive. Now, sad for him and potential fantasy owners, he's only gotten in the end zone once this season. (laughs) <laughs> but the yards are coming. Uh, I would say he's having quite an impressive and uh, finish to this season, which I think you know is one of the main reasons uh, why the uh, Red Blacks were able to get this win and end their skid, uh, which was you know a, a long time coming. Uh, I I really thought that they were going to be able to get the job. Uh, I, Sorry, I really didn't think they were going to be able to get the job done after so many weeks of coming close, failing, turnovers. Um, But I think relying on that rushing attack, uh, getting Devontae Williams going again was just the thing. And I would also say that this is a score that reflects a closer game than it really was. Like, Saskatchewan could not help but turn the ball over. Um, it felt like that. And Ottawa, <laughs> I, I, I think Ottawa was the more impressive side. Um, also, I want to say that I messed up. I thought Jamal Mora was starting. He didn't, and that cost me fantasy points. So now uh, I'm going to hold that against the Riders for the rest of the season. Um, <laughs> fair, totally fair. Just want to say that. Okay, moving on. Let's talk uh, Edmonton, uh, BC. The BC Lions get a win. Um, Edmonton, I think this is pretty impressive that they showed some fight to make it as close as it was, but BC jumped down their throats early, getting out Mm -hmm. front, um, put up 21 points in the first quarter. Tough to come back from that. Again, you have your, you know, Vernon Adams, you know, he, he throws two interceptions in this game. Uh, he wasn't incredibly accurate, um, but enough to get the job done, especially when, you got, you know, Javon Katoy with a big 
uh, touchdown, 57 yards. Uh, Taekwon Mazel goes for over 100 yards rushing, and Vernon Adams actually added 54 more on the ground himself. So uh, way bigger rushing attack from BC, um, and this puts them into a tie with Winnipeg for first in the West, uh, which fittingly, luckily, they have a matchup coming up next week, which I think is going to be pivotal to say the least. Uh, so, um, Matt, any insights you would provide to this game? I think this kind of was, for me, something obviously uh, I predicted. You uh, thought that Edmonton would get the job done, but I think this cemented a couple things. One, Edmonton is incredibly improved. Uh, two, it is time to start. Like I didn't think it was appropriate after a few weeks, but I definitely think it's appropriate now to ask questions about what Trey Ford was doing on the bench all this year. <laughs> like, because even in a game like, no, do I think like he had the most impressive game ever? Certainly not. But I mean, uh, he's just a playmaker in a way that Cornelius uh, was not, uh, or Daggy was not. So the fact that they get two guys uh, a little bit of, you know, some, some would say extended runtime in front of him uh, is shocking. Uh, and it's, you know, kind of a what would Edmonton look like if they had had um, Trey Ford for 15 games at this point. Um, and then the final thing is that, you know, the BC offense is just explosive uh, when they hit it right, but they do hit those cold patches. So I feel like this was affirming and not revealing. That's kind of my takeaway from this one. Can I proffer an opinion? If you must. I don't know that this excuses anything, but I, I really do think what we've been talking about, Trey Ford, again, sub 200 yard. He was the lowest yes. passing yard yes. QB. I'm not saying that Chris Jones was right to do it this way, but I, what I do think is that he asked of his quarterbacks a specific thing, which was closer to what we see with Taylor Powell, with uh, Zach Caleros, like let's you are the quarterback like you are throwing the ball you are running the play the ball to the playmakers you are not a playmaker and so he might have seen Trey Ford and said uh you've you haven't the arm that which I think is I don't even think Trey Ford he saw him in practice said whoa whoa, whoa. you're simply too confusing to our defense Trey (laughs) you you haven't the arm to play the game I want you to play yes now I think, uh, th- and I understand how it could be difficult for a coach who has his, you know, has his schemes ri- written out to say, okay, I'm going to change how we run our offense to suit a QB yes. who hasn't, you know, I mean, what record has Trey Ford amassed? Had started two games ahead of that, I believe. Before, oh, well, what record does he have now? Yeah, like not since he started four, four and two, I want to say. Also, wins are not a quarterback stat. Just want to say that. Um, Win, but wins I think Edmonton, are like this is this is like if, if wins are a pitcher stat, they are damn sure a quarterback stat. Not wins are not a quarterback yes. stat. Yes, <laughs> wins are not they a are stat. indeed. No, I just uh, don't know why we don't talk about the winningest long snapper in CFL history, or the winningest, uh, you know field goal holder it's all the same they're all important you know no, i know there I are the <laughs> two players who touch the ball every offensive snap 
and one of them has not much to do with the outcome of the play. Well, the other one's the quarterback. Says a man who knows nothing about interior line play. <laughs> that's true. That is true. So that's what I think. <laughs> yes. Not no, an excuse for, for CJ, but that's what I see. Number okay. two, uh, what I saw out of Edmonton, they have traded not being a fourth quarter team for not being a first quarter team. They went down 13 <laughs> nothing against Saskatchewan last week. They were down 21-7 to in the first quarter this week, and then they turned it on. I uh, love that. They've overshifted their mojo. Last week, because they were not a fourth quarter team. They were dropping the ball left and right. They're like, okay, we got to save it for the fourth quarter. They shifted too much from the first. Uh, Worked out last week against Saskatchewan, but Saskatchewan was only able to score 13 points while Edmonton was getting going. BC was able to score 21. That was the difference, right? That was the eight points that now uh, separated uh, BC and Edmonton in this game. So that's what I'd say is Edmonton still is not strung together, even in the games they've won four complete quarters, four winning quarters, if we look at it like a boxing match. Um, yeah, they, they still haven't they still haven't won or tied four quarters in a row. I love that. That's a good t- that's a good take, Matt. That's a good take. Thanks. Um with that being said, I don't want to skip over uh, the Montreal-Calgary game, but I think, you know, the only real takeaway, we don't need to beat a dead horse, is that uh, Calgary, Matt, you you take it away. You said it. Tell me what you think about Calgary. Yeah, they, they're, they're lifeless. They've got no fight. And I think that's what I saw. As much as I think there's a lot of talented players on the Calgary side, uh, you know, we we talk about the offense. I, I still do think that Jake Mayer is a good quarterback. Obviously, I'm a big fan of Reggie Bagleton. Tyler's not here to defend his man, Kadeem. But I still think there's a Ten lot of carries, by the players. way. Ten carries. A lot of talented guys on that squad. They just don't They don't have it. They just don't have it. They're 4-10. They've got no fight. Montreal is a 500 team with a... Running back who has not had his best season by a mile with a quarterback who should be gotten to. You know, I know that Sean Lemon's on the other side of the on the other side of the field now, but somebody's got to step up and take Cody down. This is just wasn't wasn't very it wasn't a good effort on either side of the ball. Um, you know, zero sacks. Cody didn't get sacked. Cody didn't get sacked. That seems impossible. That's that's a, that's a team that doesn't is not fighting for anything. If you're not capable of getting to a guy who at a time was averaging five, taking five sacks a game, and you can't get to him, you're fighting for a playoff spot. And that's there's nothing there's not there there's nothing I can do for you. They haven't got it. Don't want it. I know, I, and you know, it's so interesting also to go back and look at Calgary's victories this year is, okay, so week two against a then uh, Nick Arbuckle-led um, Ottawa Red Blacks, I would say that that's probably not the most impressive uh, victory in the world. I'm just going to put it kindly. 
You then have uh, them getting a victory over the, uh, sorry, I'm scrolling down, um, over Saskatchewan. Okay, so you can say looking back, that's a pretty solid victory. They then beat the uh, Swag Kelly list, Toronto Argonauts, 20-7. to And then they beat, you know, a 4-10 and Edmonton Elks team. So, like, their wins, even that they do have, are poor in nature. Uh, <laughs> They, it's it's crazy to look back and you can really say that like one of those wins I would call somewhat impressive, and that's against a Calgary or that's against a Saskatchewan team that um, you know is uh, you know has been in flux uh, all year the quarterback position um, you know that was a game where uh, I believe that was the game where Trevor Harris got injured um, and it's just so kind of a kind of a little bit of a mess. Uh, for the Calgary Stampeders this year, to say the least. And I think that uh, something that highlights that is just the games that they've even won have been incredibly unimpressive. So a shocker of yeah. the year. And yeah, they're they're kaput, to say the least. To say the least. And then... Yeah, they're, uh, they're cooked. They're cooked. Uh, and then finally, uh, let's just, you know, roll over this one. There's really not much to say here. Um, the... Uh, Toronto Argonauts to defeat the Hamilton Tiger Cats, score of 29 uh, to 14. Uh, it just is what it is. Toronto's really good. Um, the East runs through them, um, and Hamilton's not very good. Although, you know, I'm intrigued to see what they show these next few weeks to see if they can hold on uh, to that spot in the in the East or if uh, the crossover comes into play. That the that final spot, you know, there's there's a lot of things that could happen uh, on both ends for that third playoff spot, either in the West or the East. But uh, intrigued to see what Hamilton's got in them. But what they certainly do not have uh, is the ability to beat the Toronto Argonauts. So uh, even if they do end up in the playoffs, uh, I don't really. It, it doesn't interest me. That's all I've got to say. I'm not very <laughs> interested in that. Because the idea is that, like, I was thinking about this, like, the idea of like Ottawa Hamilton fighting for the final Eastern spot. It just like means nothing to me. Like, cause I just have no, like there's, there's just seems like so very little, like you all pass to victory they're... over to all pass to victory over Toronto right now includes somebody getting hurt for Toronto. <laughs> Like, it's like, yeah, anything can happen for sure. But I don't see like, okay, if Montreal or Hamilton or Ottawa does this, 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 they can beat a fully healthy Toronto team. That doesn't exist right now for me. That's fair. Yeah. So that's kind of not as hyped as I would like to be, to put it, you know, in professional terms. (laughs) Fair. Fair. Thoughts on your end. Yeah, I don't have uh, much to say on this one. Um, really puts into perspective the how strong and how capable the Toronto defense is because when it mattered, um, when it came to defensive stands to keep points off the board, they they stood up, and I I, re- I, I think uh, Taylor Powell has shown himself to be a more than competent. Uh, he throws slinger. the rock, that's for sure. Throws the rock. Uh, you know, two interceptions against Toronto is it's not great. Like, you want less than that. 
but it's not the worst thing in the whole wide world. Um, and the receiving core is kind of you know, the guys that we don't we're not even on our radar. Keandre Smith with 156 yards, uh, Tyreek McAllister, uh, you know Tim White was getting a little tired. I think he took a he took a quick break game. So I'm going to take a. He needed a day. Not beating Toronto. I'm just gonna. That's all right. I will. Uh, I'll let you guys take this one. Uh, not much to say as well. Toronto is, is really good. They got to to Hamilton, and even when Hamilton started getting some yards under them, uh, Toronto was not able or didn't didn't bend. I know. And how how about the Argos holding James Butler to two point five yards per carry on thirteen carries? You know, if we're talking CFL numbers, he gave it an honest to goodness shot. Like that is. I want to look up, give, give me just a minute. 2.5 yards per carry has to be, yeah, I mean, oh, sorry. That's not even the lowest against Toronto this season. In week seven, Toronto <laughs> held them to 1.8 yards per carry. Oh, my um, goodness. So just another unbelievable performance uh, by Toronto, working to stop the run. Um they're, they're beasts. They're beasts. And, uh, you know, we can kind of, I guess, now is as good a time as any um, to talk about. Well, I guess we'll, we'll talk about it when we talk Winnipeg, Toronto. Matt, uh, or I will, uh, give us a little review of the uh, Pick'em Pred standings uh, as we head into Week 17. Uh, Matt, you are first at 41-22. and 22. I am second at 40-23. and 23. And Tyler and Peter are the Basement Brothers at 38 and 25. Uh, feels good to have a little bit of separation from them. Uh, I thought I thought I was really going to uh, pick Matt and, and get him, but I'm still one behind, <laughs> which is disappointing. Uh, Matt, give us a little review of weekly leaders, um, and then we'll get into our, uh, our Week 17 Preds. All right. Uh, passing yards. Taylor Powell, as we talked about, 334. Uh Devontae Williams uh, had 136 rushing yards. Keandre Smith, 156 receiving yards for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. And Toronto, for I think about the fifth week in a row, uh, the number one defense. Yeah. Languishing, we might add, in the uh, <laughs> on Peter's roster in our fantasy. Yeah. That's a shame. That's it a is shame. what it is. Uh, and as far as performance standings go, uh, we had this is an update including last week's. Obviously, because we didn't do a pod, we had no uh, no updates from this week. But John is uh, got a commanding lead, uh, sixteen points. Thank you. Uh, Matt has three. Tyler seven. Peter again yet to join a pod in the player performance pred standings era. Era has no points. He was going to pod tonight. But he, as he, he just started his master's program, uh, he said that he had too much reading about tax code. And I said, there's only one tax code you need to know. Taxation is theft. <laughs> it's that simple. Forget the rest. Accounting is, is a needless science. As uh, you know, you get what I'm saying. I understand. Uh, all right. Let's move on. Uh, let's talk week 16 preds. Uh, and player performance lines. Uh, but first, let's have a little discussion. Okay. This is all I'm going to say about it. Toronto has been dominant all season. They have earned the right to rest their players. Okay. Having, sa- having said that, 
The idea that Toronto is sitting out Swag Kelly in Week 17 against Winnipeg in their only meeting all year is deeply, deeply lame as hell. Uh, the fact that they rested um, AJ Ouellette last week, uh, again, deeply lame as hell. Um, it just is no fun. This should be a game that is the clash, Grey Cup rematch, and instead it's going to be, you know, it's, it's just, I feel like all the air is taken out of it. It doesn't, it like literally doesn't matter. Um, the only thing that is of noteworthy, obviously, is if Toronto just like crushes Winnipeg without Kelly, then that's interesting. But I feel like, you know, with Zach Caleros and the boys on the other side, that seems a little bit far-fetched. Um, you want to see the best play the best. Um, and anyway, this is lame. Matt, continue. Well, I mean, this is what we, this is something we talked about at the beginning of the year is when they're setting the schedule, one meeting for the, the Grey yes. Cup rematch. Yes. And it's in week 17. Yes. Toronto's got enough issues already with already having blown through their bye weeks. But, you know, we saw it also with, uh, Cody, you know, being the, the writer's golden boy for so long, did not go back to Mosaic this year. Yes. And uh, with, with Andrew Harris hurt and missing this, that means he's, in, in, you know, some say likely to retire at the end of the season. He's never going to play a game back at Winnipeg. Wow, that's nuts. That is crazy to think about. That is, the, you know, th this is so like, weak. Knocking on Randy's door here, but what's more exciting than rolling the Grey Cup, you know, the, the energy from the Grey Cup, using that to propel into the new season in the first three weeks, certainly in the first five weeks. Yes. Like, it's not like there's any moratorium on cross-conference play, cross-division yeah. play early in the season. Just put them together. It's tough. And, like, also, and I will say to, you know, to the schedule maker's credit, there's no way you can predict that there's only going to be three above 500 teams in the league. So it's not totally on them. Like, you know, they think they're creating exciting matchups. Um, in their mind, you know, uh, for all they know, well, all right, that was, that's not a good example. For all they know, Hamilton, Saskatchewan, you know, week 18 is a really good matchup. Um, now, of course, we know now that that's really not that great of a matchup. Uh, it matters for seeding, but in terms of team performance, that's not outstanding. And so it's tough for them to know there are only really three teams that make me want to, you know, turn on my TV in terms of quality viewing. Um, um, of course, also the Edmonton Elks now, as they're probably the best team in the CFL. Um, but, but yes, Matt, I completely agree with you. Why would you not front load uh, the season, especially now I know this is a Friday night game, but as we get deeper into the all encompassing, you know, NFL season, um, just sports season in general. Now you've got preseason NHL happening. Um, you're going to have basketball opening up uh, their camps recently. I understand you want momentum going into the playoffs, but I think, you know, having your marquee games when the market is all yours would be a better strategy, in my opinion. Yeah. That's all I got to say about that. I agree. That's all I got to say. I about agree. That. With that being said, Matt, take us 
and uh, take us to uh, the first game of Week 17 and pick Toronto versus Winnipeg. I think this is definitely going to be a Winnipeg win. I saw in the, the CFL writers, uh, Christina uh, Costa Beal took Toronto. That's a good flyer. Like, I get it. It's, you know, you know, yeah. duck when they think you're going to dive. Like, I get it. Don't never let them see which way you're going. I think this, though, is one of those reverse traps or double traps where it's oh. like this. It, it, it looks like a great trap game because everyone's going to pick Winnipeg. Of course, something crazy is going to happen for Toronto, but that's exactly what they want you to think. Nothing is crazy a, is going to happen. This is a, this is just a Winnipeg win. Toronto doesn't want to win. Like, they're not out there to play, like, serious football. It's fine. It is, it is, it's nothing. It's not a big deal. No. Winnipeg's going to win. Okay. Cameron Dukes oh. is stepping in for Chad Kelly. This is what I've been told. So we're saying Cameron Dukes over under nineteen point five completions. Oh my god. Okay. I'm taking the over. Nineteen point five completions. Okay. So far this season. Eight of fifteen for sixty-three yards, nineteen <laughs> completions, and you're taking the over. I'm taking the over. Okay, I will be taking the under on that. I will be taking Winnipeg for all the reasons you just said—a very convincing argument. But I'm going to take the under. Okay. Uh, I want to find out. Yeah, I mean that would be surprising. Like, I'm trying to think. The reason, I mean, the, you know, my my thinking on that is he's kind of got the green light go. So they're not really, it. they're not trying to, um, I know that uh, McMahon had a good little game. Uh, but I don't think they're trying to get Ouellette um, or McMahon or any of the, the running game. Okay. You know, they're just, they're out there having fun. So here's what I have to say about that. <laughs> so I just had to crunch some numbers. Okay. I don't know this off the top. So this is like we're talking high end. Currently the highest completion percentage of any you know long-term starting quarterback in the league is Dustin Crumb, 70.3%. Trey Ford's at 70.1%. So for our boy Dukes to have 19 completions, even and if he's maxing out that 70% completion rate, he would have to have 27 passing attempts. Chad Kelly doesn't even throw the ball 27 times or barely throws it 27 times. I just don't think that's their game. So I find 19 to be uh, a little far-fetched. So I'm definitely, I'm hammering the under. <laughs> Good. Okay. Good. Okay. Good. Let's move on. Uh, Saskatchewan, BC. Um, I have BC in this. Uh, of course, you will all remember uh, the last time these two teams played. Let me see if I can get a week on that. that week. That one, how far back was that? Oh, my gosh. Week 11? 
I, I felt like yesterday. <laughs> um, Saskatchewan uh, defeated BC by a score of 34 to 29. Uh, this is a revenge game for the Lions. They know Winnipeg's going to get a dub. They have to stay even with them. They want to be even with them going into their Week 18 matchup. Uh, so I see the BC Lions getting the job done. Uh, and my player performance stat. Uh, just because he went off this week, I'm going to go back to Taekwon Mizell. Mm-hmm. The Miz. And I'm not, this is not a lofty stat. This is not, lo- I'm not saying over under 100 yards. I'm saying over. 99.5. No. <laughs> no. Over, under. S- over, under. 50 yards for Taekwon Mazel. 50.5. Uh, excuse 5. me? 50.5 or 49.5? 50.5. Over 50.5 for Taekwon Mazel. And I'm going to Rushing hammer, total. Rushing total. Rushing. Rushing. And I'm going to hit the under. There's no <laughs> way that this offense serves any sort of consistency. So that would be wild of them to have another big rushing outing. Um I also want to say, you know, I think he was assisted in his total by a big 48-yard rush. So, you know, he had an outlier there uh, that accounted for, you know, almost 45, whatever, 40% of his um, rushing yards. So I say the under 50 total rushing yards for Taekwondo. Ooh, this is a tough one. Uh, Uh, Let me see here. Let me me jig something out. Also, it's a great time to talk about that the stats are back up, but they have no historical stat data. And also, the stats page is quite literally the exact same thing they had uh, in previous years. So we waited 15 weeks to get the (laughs) same thing we've always had without any sort of historical context. Um, So thanks. The stats still stuck. Still suck. You've done nothing for us. Uh, that's all I want to say. I will be taking the oh, and when you... under as well. And the reason for that is opponent rush attempts. Sketch has the... Oh, these are... I love this. You know, sorry, I'm at, sorry I, I read this wrong. I'm taking the over. Okay. Opponent rush attempts. Sketch has the second most... Opponent pass attempts. Sketch has the fewest. That's okay. some. That's some money ball. Although I can also see this being just the VA show and him just booling, like maybe having forty pass attempts. Oh, He's done it before, and I'm definitely also taking BC in this one. They got something to play for. Yes. I guess Sketch does too, but BC has they more they to play for, in my own mind. All right, talk about a team with something to play for. The Ottawa Red Blacks uh, rolling into, or sta- sorry, uh, they're going to be at home uh, against the Montreal Alouettes. Ottawa fighting tooth and nail uh, for whatever they have left of their playoff lives. Um, Matt. You take the lead on this one. How do you think this one goes down? Really tough one. I see. Oh, man. 
I, I am going to take Montreal in this one. And this is my transitive property of Montreal beat Sketch, a team that is better than their record. Okay. And are now going up against Ottawa, who are uh, worse than they seem. You following? Give me that again one more time. <laughs> Montreal beat Sketch. Who's worse than their record? Better than their record. Worse than their record shows. Okay. I don't know. I, I'm just riding with, with Montreal on this one. Um, I think they, they show a little heart. As much as I predded them over Calgary because Calgary lacked heart, I do think they show a little bit of heart. Yes. And Ottawa is known to give up a few points here and there. Mm-hmm. And with that in mind... My stat line is Willie Stanback. Oh, my. 0.5 TDs. And I'm taking the under. 0.5 touchdowns. You know he has one touchdown this season? I do know. God, that is unbelievable. It's all really all Caleb Evans' fault. He gets every touchdown. <laughs> just a it's great true. rushing, just a great, you know, QB sneaker. Okay, you've got to obviously hammer that under of .5 touchdowns. Uh, the odds would tell you otherwise. Um, and even, I also want to say, for Willie Stanback, the one touchdown he did have was on, like, a 69-yard rush. So yeah. he doesn't have any, like, touchdowns in the red zone at all. That's insane. 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 Okay. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Montreal is going to win this game. No. Because they are a better team. That's a good point. I keep forgetting that I have given up on Ottawa. And every time I give up, they just pull me back in. Montreal is a better team, so that is why they're going to beat Ottawa. Um, Yes. That's all I've got to say about that. Uh, Moving on. Calgary-Hamilton. Uh, the sad sack bowl, as we like to call it. Um, gosh. Hamilton. Hamilton big. Hamilton big. Hamilton big because Calgary's broken. <laughs> you know they're going to have, sadly, nobody show up to this game. Um, so they're not going to have, well, sorry, it's in Hamilton. I need to learn how to read these things. Um, I've got Hamilton because I just think Calgary's given up on the season. Uh, they're going to lose here. Um, and my player performance pred. Oh, God. Oh, all right. You'll like this one, Matt. Over under, over under 9.5 targets. Ooh. Over under 9.5 targets. Reggie Bagleton. Okay. Over under 9.5 targets for Reggie Bagleton. I want to give some context for this. Let me go into 
my stats. He is, I believe, the most targeted receiver in the CFL. Um, going back over the last five weeks, he had 14 targets, 8 targets, 7 targets, 13 targets. Um, then a low of, you know, he had a little bit of a lull there. But yes, he's had uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 games of over uh, double di- of double digit targets so Matt the, the line is over under 9.5 targets for Eddie Bellington and I am going to hit the over I believe they're going to air it out um, and it's clear that Reggie is Jake's favorite receiver so over uh, 9.5 targets you and me are lockstep in this one I, I've got Hamilton uh, this is the give up bowl I think Hamilton doesn't have the juice but I think Calgary really doesn't have the juice yes so, this is who's got less juice is how I'm printing this one. So Hamilton takes this one, and let, let's obviously not discount. Unfortunately, it's on a team that I mean, is going to make the playoffs. It looks like, but Taylor Powell kind of coming in late in the season, kind of have a, a, a late bloom. That's going to be just not enough, and there's not enough going on around him for it to yes. matter. But hey. It's enough for Calgary. Uh, and also be taking the over. Um, Calgary seems like they're going to want to just feed the geese, right? As far as hmm? what our, our golden goose. Yes. Feed the golden goose. I want to say something right now because I think that these preds have really brought some of the light, which we talked about earlier. But, like, I do think it's a real, real, real issue that we're talking about, like, okay, Hamilton, Montreal, Saskatchewan. Like, we, I don't want to speak for you. I talk about them like they are complete afterthoughts. All three of those teams are pretty, I would say, have a pretty damn good shot of getting the playoffs. And so that's half of the playoffs. That's three of the six playoff teams. I have literally no respect for. Yeah, but we've think, known this for. I know most like since week week that four. Is about just such an issue. Like how? Like that just kills. Like again, this is what I talked about. It kills. Talk about it, it does kill actually. Is like we're supposed to be getting excited for you know the crossover. Oh, what if this team? You know, what if Sketch somehow? Well, whatever. I don't know. But none of it's like, oh God, can we just get to the West Final and the Grey Cup? If, you know, at this point, those, I'm so excited for those two games, but it's a major issue that I don't even care about the Eastern or Western semis. I just wish we could skip to the next step. I don't know. Maybe that's, maybe that's just me, uh, but I think that's an issue for the CFL to be so top heavy. Just wanted to say that one more time on this pod. That makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, we've known for since about yes. week four that the games that matter are Western Division Final and the Grey Cup. Yes, it's crazy. And now watch the Grey Cup be Hamilton Scotch and the Grey Cup is going to be insane. <laughs> but yes, those two games are insane if they match up how we expect them to be. And obviously, I'm excited for BC Winnipeg next week. So there are great games to be had, but it is an issue that there's so little juice coming down the end due to, you know, the lack of belief in so many teams. Yeah. Not to be a downer. Just saying. 
Uh, let's get into weekly uh, Pred leaders. Passing yards. See, Toronto, I can't pick Caleros. Oh, you know what it is going to be? You know who it's going to be? Oh. Also, isn't it crazy that Jake Mayer leads the CFL in passing yards? Just want to say that. I feel like it's going to come from the Calgary-Hamilton game. So I'm just going to dice roll, and I'm just I'm going to go Jake Mayer. Why not? Jake Mayer. All right. Uh, I'm going back, back to BC, BC. <laughs> saying VA's got a good shot. I love at that. Taking this one. I love that. Okay. Oh, here's this is a tough one. So rushing yards. Where's this going to come out of? I feel like it's going to come out of. You know, it's like it'd be crazy to say that the running back going against Toronto yeah, is going to lead the league. Not, nah, it would be it would be crazy. It would be crazy because I think you, the defense still has. They feel like they want to prove. What you know? What I said, Mazel was going to go over. I'll go Mazel. Okay. Yeah, I said he's going to go over fifty. He might go much, much more than that. All right. I'm stealing one from your playbook, Matt. Okay. Hopefully I don't put the reverse kibosh on him. You jinxed him into um, prolific rushes. Hopefully I don't bring him back to where he was. But Devontae Williams. He's been doing well. Leading the league in rushing this week. That's my pick. I was almost going to pick stand back for old time's sake, but I just don't see it happening. <laughs> uh, receiving, you know, this is the ultimate dart throw. Um, Dom Rhymes, I believe, is healthy, looking to play for BC. Uh, so you know what? I love that. Let's get Dom Rhymes back on the field. Get, Let's get him get to lead Dommy. the league in rush or receiving this week. You know what? He did it. He did it for me. He had a good big shout out on the BC socials. I think it's going to back to Hollins. Okay. Old Alexander. Here's a tough one. This defense, again, you would throw it to Toronto, but do you throw a Toronto team that doesn't need to win against a Winnipeg team that does need to win? You can't. You can't. I don't think I don't think I can pick Toronto, but I can pick BC. You could. Dark horse here is Ottawa being able to get to Cody. Sack. Rack up some sacks. Yes. I wish I hadn't have said that. Because that's that's my pick. <laughs> I just feel it's like a good pick. I just it feel is a like good pick. they're going to get the pressure on him. Now, obviously, I think Montreal wins, but I think that again, like points is not what we're looking for. Like Montreal can score points to win. It's sacks and turnovers, and I think I'm confident that Ottawa can, Ottawa can get a few of those. That's my. I opinion. think that's totally fair. That's why I have Red Blacks as the top fantasy defense this week. Speaking of fantasy. Matt, give us a little fantasy rundown uh, before we get on out of here. Well, as exciting as the pick'em is, Oof. the fantasy isn't. Uh, 
there's just I, I've I've put a nice little hundred point gap on Tyler. You still are holding almost a two hundred point gap on me. Uh, I've won the last couple weeks. Uh, this week behind Bagleton and Crum, twenty nine point nine, twenty eight point three. John, you were behind me a ways. I had eighty five total points. You had fifty eight point five behind. VA, you mentioned the Moro whiff. Uh, Tyler's guys did not show up. AJ Ouellette did not play. Um, his uh, new addition, Coxie, no points. Zilch. Neeld, 4.6. So hopefully he doesn't listen to this. And Peter was way back. Toronto let him. So yeah, like uh, you've got 1260. I've got 1080. Tyler at 980. And Peter at six twenty. So, I'd like to discuss fantasy something. is what it is, is. What it is. How do you feel going forward? I am. I guess I am. I am of the mind that in a situation like Chad Kelly, should you be able to move in daily replacements for healthy scratches? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, no. Okay. Well, that was a quick discussion. I think, you know, it, it, this is part of what we I just we don't talk re- about. Like when yeah. you drive, I, I think I remember when you drafted Caleros. Yeah. You know, where is Winnipeg going to be at the end of the season? I know. You know I'm you're worried safer, about that. You're safer. I'm about I don't know if you're safer, but you can draft Cody and know that. He's playing. He's going to be playing for sure at the end of the he, season. He's playing. All right, that's true. Matt, any final things for these fine people before we sign off? I don't think so. Just uh, leave a review. Enjoy the games. Guys, we are so close. The playoffs are coming. Currently, we have three teams uh, who've punched their ticket. Um, And then the battle for the rest of the playoff spots will be mighty even if some of us don't have much faith in their performance come playoff time. Uh, But that's all right. Uh, We are going to keep on rocking. We will be with you next week. Uh, Leave a review. uh, Write something nice. And talk to you later. Bye-bye.